you should just be yourself, right? I mean, I, I take pride in the fact that I didn't give a shit what anybody thought or said. I was just gonna be myself. I find if I don't get enough sleep, then I'm, I'm quite grumpy. Um, I mean, obviously, I think most people are that way. You just have to develop the ability to say no and, and, and uh, do it a few times. Wanna be happy? Build a life, not just a business. Living that believe in life. Out here, living that believe in life. Every day we live in that believe in life. Hustle like we live in that believe in life. Living life, yeah, so we grinding it out. Every single day we be grinding it out. Hustle like we live in that believe in life. Seven Carmichael and this channel was created to help you overcome the number one challenge that is holding you back a lack of belief in yourself you watch these videos because you know there's something more inside you too you've got Michael Jordan level genius at something so today let's live your best believe life and learn the seven lessons from Elon Musk Warren Buffett and other billionaires enjoy Okay, let's kick it off with lesson number one. Manage your time well with Elon Musk. You're running, you're CEO of two companies, you're chairman of SolarCity. Talk about time management. How on earth do you do this? Well, do you get any sleep? Uh, yeah, sometimes not enough. Sleep is, is really great. Because uh, I find if I don't get enough sleep, then I'm, I'm quite grumpy. Um, I mean, obviously, I think most people are that way. Um, <laughs> And, and, and also, um, like I try to sort of figure out what's the right amount of sleep, because I, I found I could have, I could drop below a certain threshold of sleep, and although I'd be awake more hours and I could sustain it, I would get less done because um, my mental acuity would be affected. Um, so I found generally the right number for me is around six to six and a half hours on average per night. Um, That's not too bad. Yeah. Right. And any other tips that is on an average, though. <laughs> right, any other tips on, on just managing to run two companies simultaneously? I mean, do you do you find I mean I know you're up here <clears throat> Monday, Tuesday, is it all Tesla when you're up in Silicon Valley and all SpaceX Wednesday, well, Thursday? It, 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 uh, having a sort of a, um, having a smartphone is incredibly helpful because that means you can do email during um, interstitial periods, like if you're in a car, you're walking in the bathroom everywhere. You, know, you can do email practically when you're awake. Um, and uh, and so, so that's really helpful to have email for SpaceX and, and Tesla integrated on, on my phone. Um, and then, uh, and, and the, then it's just you have to apply a lot of hours to actual working, actually working. So the, the way I generally do it is I'll be uh, working at SpaceX on Monday and then Monday night flight to the Bay Area, uh, spent Tuesday and Wednesday in the Bay Area, then at, at Tesla, and then fly back on Wednesday night, spent Thursday and Friday at SpaceX. Um, in, in, in the last several months, then I, I would fly back here on a Saturday um, and either spend Saturday and Sunday at Tesla uh, or spend Saturday at Tesla and Sunday at SpaceX. Lesson number two, be comfortable saying no with Warren Buffett. Can you help us understand how to, cultiv how to cultivate that um, mindset of, of being comfortable saying no, being comfortable delegating? This is something that we found with our members is especially difficult for young women. It's tough. Um, and, and we'd love to just hear your take yeah. on that and maybe any advice you have to share about that. I met Bill Gates, Bill Gates in 1991. And when I did it, 
we had a great time talking. Uh, he thought he was going to hate it, and I, I, I wasn't too keen on it either. And about 10 <laughs> hours later, we were still talking. But what really got him was when I pulled out this little date book. I'm probably the only guy in the United States with one of these still. What, oh, you've no, got I that. <laughs> and I just flipped through it, and you know, there's, there's practically nothing in it. And Bill was really impressed by that. And uh, uh, you've got to keep control of your time. And, and you won't con- keep control of your time unless you can say no. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you can't let other people set your agenda in life. And of course, I know I'm in a very fortunate position on that because I can, uh, and, uh, in another way, I'm not so fortunate because more people ask me for things. <laughs> and, 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 they're, and they're usually friends and they say, well, can't you just make this one talk or right. attend this one graduation or whatever it may be? Uh, you know, you, you've got to, you just have to develop the ability to say no and, and, and uh, do it a few times. Uh, I mean, you know, if a woman can't say no, she's in trouble, right? Right. <laughs> right. And I mean, is this something that becomes easier over time, or how did you? I don't think it's a lot easier. No, it is. It's there's a couple. There's a few things that really just are uncomfortable enough. I've the thing I like, the thing I dislike the most. Mm-hmm. The, the, the only thing I really dislike in connection with my job is if I have to fire somebody. I mean, that does not get easy for right. easier for me as life has gone along. And saying no is not like firing people, but it's got a little bit of the same aspect to it. it right. It's not easy to say no, particularly to a friend. Uh, but I will have every day th- three or four or five requests to do something, and I, I can't do them all. You know? and, uh, uh, I'm, but I'm not promising it gets easier. <laughs> <laughs> but, but just keep doing it. Uh, right. Otherwise, uh, other people will be running your life. Lesson number three, listen to your customers with Jeff Bezos. You shop on Amazon, yeah. uh, and... Uh, if you have something, the service you don't like. Yeah. So do you just pick up the phone, call your team of 700,000 people, and tell them, I don't like this, change this, or... You know what I do? So um, I don't do this. It doesn't happen that often, but if I get a delivery that I don't like, maybe I don't like the way it's packaged or something, we have regular meetings of the senior executive team, and I bring the box to the meeting. And when I walk in, I haven't done this in a while, it's been a while, but when I bring in a box, Everybody in the room is like, oh no, he's bringing in a box because it's always some problem. But really the way I get feedback is, to, is primarily from my email address is very well known and I keep it well known. And I get hundreds and hundreds of emails every day from customers and they always have something interesting to say when something goes wrong because we have hundreds of millions of customers around the world and no matter how good we are, we can still be better. You can always be better. Customers have a divine discontent and they teach you if you listen to customers. So we watch for that and we see patterns and we can find places where it's not working, something's going wrong, and that's really how I get the feedback is from customer input. Uh, And often, you know, in all caps, angry, you ruined my child's birthday because the gift didn't show up on time. And we take that. And what you really want to do is you take that It's an anecdote, it's a single example, but you need to find the root cause. What went wrong deep inside the system? How did this happen? Because then you can fix it for everyone so that that particular problem will never happen again. You don't just fix the symptom, you have to fix the root cause. And that's been the secret to our operational success for 20 years. Also, if you wanna have more self-belief and more self-confidence, I've created a special free program where every day for the next 254 days, I will send you an unlisted video to help you boost your self-belief and self-confidence. The link to join for free is in the description below.
There's my two and a half year old son sitting on the floor in a bunch of clothes, and there's a note. Can't handle it anymore, better off with you, good luck, I'm gone. You can be incredibly productive, incredibly creative, incredibly free when you take control of your time. I've always been passionate. Some people thought, you know, it's, a, it's more OCD than anything else. Lesson number four, be grateful with Oprah Winfrey. I wake up in the morning. What you do? And the first thing I say is thank you. Yes. That's my first thing. Even before I'm awake, even before my eyes are really fully open, I, I, I say thank you. I can feel the gratitude like, woo, I'm still here. I'm in a body. Thank you so much. I thank you for that. Gratitude. And then I go through the letting the dogs out, the whole, you know, brushing your teeth and all that stuff. And then I have either silence or prayer or something that acknowledges that I'm still here. I do not reach for that phone first. That's your problem. That's my problem. That's your problem. Lesson number five, be creative with Jesse Itzler. When you get a 1,000 on your SAT, I probably got like a 980. I've convinced myself that I broke a 1,000. Creativity becomes a survival skill. It's a necessity to get into the door, to interview, to sell. Everything for me revolved around creativity. So one day at the recording studio, I walk in and there's a cassette sitting on the music board and it's the cassette that changed my life. The cassette was by an artist, a rap pioneer named Dana Dane. Dana was a Brooklyn born artist. His first album was one of my favorite albums and this was an advanced copy in the late 80s that nobody, or nobody had sitting there. I wanted to listen to it. So I asked the engineer if I could borrow the cassette and I would bring the cassette back after I listened to it. He says, sure. A Couple of days later, I'm on my way to Los Angeles to visit a friend. I'm listening to it in my Sony Walkman, if anyone remembers those. Sony Walkman, yeah. And when I'm on the plane, I read that the owner of Delicious Vinyl's favorite artist, this is a big label, Tone Loke and Young, his favorite artist, is Dana Dane. So when I land in California, I cold called Delicious Vinyl. I get all the way up to the assistant of this guy. She has no idea what I'm talking about. I'm talking very fast like a New Yorker. I have Dana's tape. I know Mike's a fan of Dana. Dana blah, 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 blah. She puts me on hold. She comes back two minutes later and she says, Dana, if you can be here at two o'clock, Mike Ross would love to meet you. Dana will be there at two o'clock. <laughs> two o'clock comes. Now, Dana's a Brooklyn-born guy, like I said, African-American, gold tooth. Not me. I pushed the, now a good friend of mine, though. Pushed the button. They said, uh, I said, hey, I'm Dana here from Mike Ross. Oh, Mike is expecting you, Dana. Come right in. I walk in. They escort me into the office. Loke's record, Young's record. He's got this funky candle going. They sit me down. I'm sitting there. I'm waiting. No idea what's going to happen. In walks Mike Ross and says to me, not as politely, who in the world are you? There's a famous quote by Harry Truman. If you can't convince them, confuse them. It works so far. So I start saying, oh, I work at the same studio as Dana. I know you're a fan of Dana. He must be late. He has an advanced tape, blah, 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 blah. Can I put in my cassette that I did at Dana's studio? You have a cassette? What do you do? I rap. Huh? Put it in. Put in my cassette. And he says the four words that every artist, struggling artist, wants to hear. Who's your lawyer? I don't have a lawyer. I have a dad. So I give him my dad's number. My dad owns a plumbing, my dad owns a plumbing supply house in Mineola. I call my father when we leave. I said, Dad, I think I just got a record deal. If someone calls you, we got our foot in the door, we're going to figure the rest out later. Get all the documents. 
That started a journey of getting my foot in the door and figuring it out later. A key thing in creativity, starting the process, trusting the process, and letting it evolve. Because if you don't get your foot in the door, if you don't start, nothing happens. I did it with a company called Marquee Jet. We sold it to Warren Buffett. I did it with our company's Eco Coconut Water. We sold it to Coca-Cola. Lesson number six, just be yourself with Mark Cuban. You have lived your life as an iconoclast, and in a way, that's a template for other people, but in a way, it isn't. So in other words, how much you've got an ordinary person, ordinary man or woman, how much of an iconoclast could you or should you be like Mark Cuban? Oh, I don't care. Just, you should just be yourself, right? I mean, I, I take pride in the fact that I didn't give a shit what anybody thought or said. I was just going to be myself and, you know, I'm my dad's son, I'm my mom's son, I'm my, my brother's brother, you know, I'm, I'm Alexis, Alyssa and Jake's father, Tiffany's husband. This, you know, I just try to do the best like everybody else. I mean, I've been blessed. You know, like I say all the time, I'm the luckiest guy in the world and I just try not to take it for granted. I try to enjoy every minute. And I think now as I've gotten a little bit older, I try to give a little bit more back than I have before and, and try to help more people. And I, you know, in terms of whatever, if anybody else finds themselves in my position, just enjoy the moment, enjoy every minute of it. I mean, I guess my question is, are you a role model for people in society? I don't know, I mean, I never thought of it. I, I mean, it's not something I try to be. I just try to be myself. You know, I just try to, to, to help where I can, do what I can, um, be a good dad, and you know, I, I, I don't, I'm not trying to be something for somebody else, just myself. And lesson number seven, the last one before a very special bonus clip is Believe with John Paul DeJoria. At what point was it where you guys said, huh, you know what, we might be onto something here with these Paul Mitchell's you know, shampoo and conditioners, which you guys came to be known for. What was the point where you guys said, hmm, like, let's do this? Like, what was the Well, was we were planning to do it because I knew the business. I was in marketing, sales, and structure, and had connections with uh, product development, and I didn't do hair. Paul was a great hairdresser, one of the best in the world very advanced in what he did. However, he didn't do business. It was the perfect combination for these two guys <laughs> together. We're just the best of friends. Yeah. And we knew we could do it. Uh, obviously, we started out with nothing. We made the decision, let's just, do, let's just make this happen. And as you will see, and your guests will see when they look at Good Fortune, the movie, and it's on iTunes, it's on Amazon, all those. When they look at it, it's the whole story of starting in America with nothing a couple times and making things happen because of what you believe in. But the important thing is, even when we had nothing, we started giving back. Whether it was the first company to say we will never test on animals and never have to this state, wow. or other things we did. I wanna shake your hand to that. Sure, you betcha, man. I applaud you to that, that's yeah, awesome. It's still going on that one. Now I've got a special bonus clip that I think you're gonna enjoy. But before that, it's time for the question of the day. I wanna know what was your single biggest takeaway from this video and what is your specific plan of action for the next week? When you just watch a video and get motivated by it, you have a 35% chance of following through. But when you get motivated and then create a specific plan of action, you have a 91% chance of following through. That's what we do here at Believe Nation. We get motivated, but then we do something about it. And when you commit to other people, you increase your chances even further of following through. So what was your biggest takeaway from this video? And then what is your plan of action around for this week? Put it down in the comments below because I want to celebrate you. Speaking of learning from lessons, you've been around a lot of incredible entrepreneurs, yep. and I know you did a reality show with Richard Branson, <laughs> this is 10, 12 years ago, you said? Yes. 
What was that like and what's been a big lesson you've learned from him? And, and what was the show and what'd you learn? Yeah, the show was called The Rebel Billionaire and mm. it was the apprentice version, Richard Branson's version of that. They were looking for 16 entrepreneurs. So I'm like, hey, I'm an entrepreneur. I want to do this. Uh-huh. And I really wanted to meet Richard. I sort of had set intentions out there that I was going to manifest him becoming a friend in my life. Mm-hmm. So when I heard about the show, I was like, oh, this is interesting. This might be how this happens. So I applied for it and... Um, uh, it was wild. So, and so how big? How big was Spanx at the time? Was it really well known? Was it like just kind of? It was pretty. I mean, it was four years in. Mm-hmm. It was doing great. Yeah, my multiple lo- seven figures and sales. Yeah, my a year. lawyers begged me not to do it. They're like, "What are you doing? You right, own this right. company. You're going to do a reality show." I was like, "I just want to know Richard. I just <laughs> right. feel this like is this chance. is a chance." So, um, <laughs> so. Yeah, and and all the business challenges took place around the world in different cities. Mm. And instead of, if you didn't win the business challenge, going into a boardroom to get fired, you had to do a crazy stunt, like a world record-breaking stunt. Because Richard is obviously like a huge adrenaline junkie guy. So um, in addition to being an amazing entrepreneur. And the very first day of filming, I had to climb the side of a hot air balloon at 9,000 feet in the air on a dangling rope ladder and have tea, climb to the top and have tea on top of the balloon with Richard. (laughs) It's insane. It's insane. So what did you guys talk about on the top of it? Oh my God. I talked about like, how do we get down? And that's when he said, you climb back down. I was like, what? I didn't think about that. It was so scary. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it took me 48 minutes to climb to the top. It's at the height of a 17 story building. And the dangling rope ladder was just like hanging out into the abyss of nothingness. It wasn't anchored to anything. So I'm like climbing it. And, um, and there's cameras that up there? was the first day of filming. So two oh months later, God. I know I there's like cameras up there. Yes. I, I mean, helicopters right circling. I, I think probably, this. probably I, I had to do all these crazy stunts. The next stunt I had to do is I had to jump off the side of the Victoria Falls Gorge in Africa on a, with a bungee cord attached to me. No. And my guy on my team was dangling on a wire on a crane 10 feet out from the cliff and each person had to come up and stand there and you couldn't run and jump and you had to stand still and jump. And if he caught you, you were okay. And they'd put you back on the cliff. And if not, you fell 385 feet on a bungee cord. And so I am beyond terrified of heights. It's like one of my, I'm so afraid of heights. I cry on airplanes still during takeoff a lot of times. And I was one of the only people to make the jump. Richard didn't make the jump. All these other guys that were like amazing athletes didn't make the jump. And I like to talk about this because I always talk about aiming high and the importance of aiming high in life. And then I, I think all of us, we don't aim high enough. And so watch where you're aiming. And that mm. that saying, you know, if you shoot for the moon, if you it's miss, you're at least with the stars. Yeah. And Afterwards, everyone was like, Sarah, how did you make that jump? You're literally like the only contestant. Look at you. I said, well, I was aimed at the pulley six feet above his head. Where were you aiming? And I aimed, I didn't even look at him. I aimed six feet above his head and I landed at his waist and he caught me and everybody else was aiming at his face and landed at his feet and missed. Mm, Amazing. So it was like a really just poignant Example of the importance of aiming high. Yeah, in all areas of life. Yeah. Yeah. If you want seven more lessons from how billionaires think, check out the video right there next to me. I think you'll enjoy it. Continue to believe, and I'll see you there. Two pizza teams is something that we've been preaching at Amazon almost from the very beginning, and it's a simple idea, which is... We were so close 